Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ready. I don't even know where to begin with this episode. I have so much. I have... Anyways... What you drinking? <laughs> Honestly, a coffee. I'm at this very... hour. Hmm? At this hour? I'm very tired. I'm barely alive. Yesterday was St. Patty's Day. Not What's... actually, but in like for our school. I don't know how to explain that any better. So that's why I'm drinking coffee <laughs> right now. <laughs> So are you implying that you're hungover? Never. <laughs> I would I would never say that. <laughs> and what about you? What are you doing? <clears throat> I decided, well, I just had these in the fridge. So I'm drinking a nude gin soda. What flavor? Lemon. Mm. Nice. ASMR for you bitches out there. Crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Of all the books that we've talked about, this is the one where I normally would need a drink. Yeah, you should have planned that better. Yeah, that was on me. Um, I'm very happy that I get to drink while recording this episode, which means this is I'm gonna be chaotic, but you know what? That's just how it's gotta be. I have we just accepted that we're not introducing ourselves anymore is that where we're going with this i mean potentially okay unless you really want to i don't think we need to is the thing and i kind of feel like it's a little bit weird i also don't think we need to um however if we're not going to i think we just have to just not do it ever (laughs) because we do it randomly later on (laughs) be like why oh yeah no i don't think we i don't think we have for a while okay my brain is working at like 4%, so. That's okay. You know what? Maybe if any listeners have strong opinions, let us know what you think. Do we need to continue with the intro? Or can we just like get right into it? Can we ever can get we, right we, into it? I mean, we usually like talk a little bit before the episode anyway, so we can like include that as some bonus content. Not actually. I usually keep everything in. I just like will cut the intro and like put it before all of our talking that we did like before we did the intro so like I just feel like the intro makes it harder for me to edit as well because I spend a lot of time like listening and then looking for the intro and then like trying to move things around the intro fair fair because it doesn't really make sense for us to introduce the podcast 20 minutes into our episode which is usually (laughs) when we do it (laughs) 
it um suits the vibe it's yeah chaos and unhinged is is the name of the game just kidding it's books and bevies but you know do you have a reason for drinking you know what this book (laughs) how did i know you were gonna say that (laughs) i like it's my own fault to an extent and i understand that because obviously if anyone has listened to our podcast or spoken to me in the past three years you know i'm a big sarah j mass guy um and I thought she could do no wrong. And then I read this. <laughs> and that's why I'm drinking. And what about you? Um, Same. But I do have a bonus reason that you're going to hate. Um, My new place has mice. And I am so upset. We're pretty sure they come from the downstairs neighbors because the downstairs neighbors for a while, like we talked to the landlord and like the downstairs neighbors finally got rid of it, but they just had like boxes on boxes of food just everywhere. And it was like rotting. And then like naturally mice kind of started popping up everywhere. But like, I'm pretty sure I'm like 99% sure that the source of the mice is my room because there's like a heater in my room was just installed and there's a bit of a draft under it so I'm pretty sure the mice are coming through a hole in the wall in my room the exterminator has plugged the hole but we still have mice that is so unfortunate yep um however it it adds to the list of things that could possibly go wrong with you living in a place. And I find that mildly amusing. <laughs> it's always you. Like, why is it always you? I don't know. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> it's like, I finally have like a good living situation. It's like, Oh, just kidding. Here's a new thing. And it's always new too. That's the thing. It's never like the same issue repeated. It's always something new. Which, you know what? Interesting for the plot, but otherwise not great. Yeah, it's so fucking unfortunate. And I, like, can't handle, like, dead mice or killing mice, which is, I'm very happy that my roommate is okay with killing the mice that get caught in the traps because it's, like, unfortunately, those are the traps that we have, which I hate, but also... It's kind of like the landlord's call with like, and like the exterminator, I'm just kind of trusting them, but like, yeah. So there's, um, I came home to a dead mouse in my bedroom and I just like, mm. I was like, cool, 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 cool. I'm just going to like kick you into the hallway and then like, hopefully my roommate will deal with you when he gets home. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he comes home tonight <laughs> so just that there's not the just hallway. a dead mouse in my hallway. And then you have to sit with that. Like, you know, it's there. Yeah. And like, I, 
I am so afraid because sometimes I hear them like scuttling around my bed because like it's just a box spring on the floor in a corner. So they will like hide along the wall beside my box spring. No, 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 no. So yeah, I got a bed frame. I got the tallest bed frame that I could find. Just <laughs> over a foot off the ground. You're like perfection. I was like, great. Storage under my bed, which I need. And also putting distance between me and the mice. Uh. So you're having a wonderful time. As always. Consistently thriving. <laughs> Well, hopefully that gets fixed soon. And And the worst part of all this, too, is usually I read as a form of escapism. (laughs) (laughs) And this usually when things get bad, I can read and just be happy and not and just pretend I'm not, you know, a single 25 year old woman living in a mouse infested apartment, you know? But I, segue, segue. This book was not a good form of escapism. I truly hated this book. I? For those of you who don't know, we're talking about House of Sky and Breath by Sarah J. Mass. The second book in the Crescent City series. Um, I have some qualms. I'm just going to note right at the top. Sarah J. Mass, this does not change my love for some of your other books or your writing. However, maybe don't listen to anything we have to say after right now. Because <laughs> I'm really sorry. It's not nice. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be, we're going to be real honest on this podcast. We always are with our opinions. Um, Yeah. I mean, for the people listening who like don't like Sarah J. Mass, maybe this will be a refreshing episode because usually we are talking up a storm about (laughs) our favorite author. I just like I and don't for those under- of you listening who really loved I was just saying I don't understand like I feel like the amount of people that like this series the most out of the three is significant mm-hmm. and I thought oh maybe I'll be able to see why I doubt it would change which series i like the best anyways but i was like okay like let's read it find out absolutely no there is no reason (laughs) this should be your favorite series and i have my thing is it's like i kind of understand i understand really liking crescent city i feel like we rated that very like medium high like maybe an eight ish maybe you a seven like i liked it I didn't love it, but it it was just, like, very baseline. It was a good book. No, like, super major complaints. However, this book fell so far from where Crescent City... What is it? What's the first one? House of Earth and Blood. 
fell so far from House of Earth. Earth, Earth. I'm having a stroke. I'm stroking out because of this fucking book. <laughs> like, if if we didn't have to read this book, I honestly don't know how long it would have taken me to read this. Like, yeah. I battled battled myself to read this book i would read a chapter at a time put it down and be like wow i hated that and then i'd move on with my day like the other thing too about this book is the chapters were longer than most (laughs) sarah j mass books too so it's like every time in the past that like we haven't really loved a sarah j mass book like there are some that like we definitely don't love as much as our favorites like for example, the first couple books in the Throne of Glass series also like uh fuck. A court of Ross and Starlight. Thank you. Um but they were at least quick reads with short chapters, and it was like a fraction of the pages. Whereas like this book was hard for me to read and it also had really long chapters and it was also 800 pages. It was so long. It was. (laughs) I was offended, like genuinely offended. (laughs) But hear me out. I think part of the issue is I don't like the vibe of modern fantasy just as like a blanket concept I don't like it and so I feel like that's it already put the book at kind of like a lower level for me that it couldn't get above just because I don't like that vibe is that um, what you were is that the thing that you said that made no you... that's okay. just like I think is that going to be in the spoilers because I really want to know okay I I can just tell you right now um I realized um wait for context (laughs) Katrina texted me one day when we were like on chapter 20 of 80 and uh she was like there is a reason that I will never like this book and I was like, don't tell me what it is because I don't want you to potentially ruin it for me in case someday it gets good for me. Spoiler alert, it didn't. Uh, you know what? Chapter 78. A little bit. Um, it's The thing is, Sarah then texted me later saying that uh, this book is lightly based on Zootopia or something. And yep. that confirmed the reason (laughs) because that one why is this based on zootopia (laughs) absolutely not but can i feel that as i read this book yes um no i realized what it is that i don't like about this book is uh the characters and like the areas within the books don't feel like a world to me they feel like numbers and like several different universes on their own that she's just like mash them all together but they had no like connection the otters that deliver mail and archangels that are murderous are not the vibe like where is the crossover and there was no like explanation either it was just kind of I know there's an explanation, but it's wrong and it just feels wrong and I hated it. So 
every time I was reading See, any, me, I kind of, sorry, continue, finish your point. I was just saying like for any time there's a crossover or like something happened with another part of the world, it just felt like you have now left whatever kind of world you were trying to build and being like, okay, here we are in a new world. Let's learn about it. Move back. Now we're in a new world. I didn't like it. It wasn't a universe. It was just multiple yeah, worlds. Me, it's less that uh, uh, it was like all separate worlds. Like I kind of get that, but I feel like if, I don't even know what it's called. If Lunathion had been better developed and like if the like my issue with this book is it kind of made me realize how bad the world building was in the first book if that makes sense because a lot of people who really love Crescent City will be like it's just a lot of world building in the first book but it's like you'll get there like towards the end and for me, it wasn't enough world building because if the world building had been done adequately, it would be a cohesive world and we wouldn't feel so like torn left and right and like we're going into different universes if it was more cohesive and totally like agree. if it had been just like, yeah. Because, like, I don't feel like it's impossible for you to take these characters and make them work together. Like, I don't think it's impossible. Like, mermaids and archangels, like, at the end of the day, they're both fictional species. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it shouldn't be that hard for me to, like, feel like it's cohesive. Especially when the first book was, like... I don't remember how many pages, like 800-ish pages. And then this book was 800 pages. And this book felt just as world-building as the first one, if not worse, because it didn't feel like it connected to the first book. It didn't feel like it connected at all. Like, it was just, it was patchy. The story was patchy. The characters are patchy. Every, the plot is patchy. Everything was just why Actually, is this written down like who read this and was like wow good and like I feel like Sarah J Mass has accomplished so much more with so much less pages <laughs> like I with both Perithian uh which is Akatar, and also oh I forget what um the world is in Throne of Glass I know Terrison is one of the places yeah. but I forget what like the whole continent is called but like Akatar, I think especially because it was very simple it was just like simple and it was well done and it was effective I was in that world pretty quick and same with Throne of Glass it was just like it was simple it was effective it was like here's the world here's like the laws here's like very a very clear distinction of like bad guy versus good guy like whereas here there's just like a lot of gray area between the bad guys and the good guys and there's like a rebellion going on but I'm like I don't feel super strongly either way like either with the rebellion or against I the literally don't care I don't have backstory like I don't have backstory you can't just tell me that 
there was a rebellion in the past and it sucked and it was terrible and so many people died and then like kind of bring it back really softly into these books and like, like i need way more context like why is it happening why did it happen then is there a reason should i support these people no nothing just you know what it's happening okay right like i feel like there isn't really a clear distinction from like villain and hero and they're also like and then a lot of the characters in both the first book and the second book will have these arcs where they go from character to villain or like back and forth or like vice versa and it's like okay well you're just confusing me <laughs> because i i still don't know what is the definition of good and evil in these books i like i know because i'm kind of told which characters are supposed to be evil but I don't know why and I think we didn't get a reason why until the last like 100 pages of this book and it's like there's no fucking way that you need probably around 1500 pages to establish why your villain is the villain and why your characters are doing what they're doing yeah, like, if you have to explicitly tell me this is the villain, they're probably not, it's not, it's not the right villain. Like, I, it should be a feeling. It should be a feeling, and it should be, like, just, it should just be better. <laughs> Agreed. I also think, like, the whole point of this series, I'm pretty sure, is, like it brings in the other worlds like it's a big multi-universe series where yeah the other like her other series get brought in and that's the point the whole point um, is that like sarah j mass is creating a multiverse yeah so i feel like it was unnecessary to have these weird internal like different worlds within this world to then branch out into other universes because like it's hard enough to like branch all your universes that's an impressively difficult thing to do it just like why did you have to make it weirdly complicated with no information for this world exactly you didn't like i would yeah if this series was way more established and like even if these books were better like at the same level of throne of glass and akatar i would way rather have like another nine book series of this if it was well done and then we go into the multiverse because it's like i feel like i like i i mean another reason that i have an issue with this book is because i find the characters really underdeveloped like across the board like i find the main because there's too many yeah there's too many and like but it's like even the main character like doesn't have a huge impact on me like I feel like she doesn't have a, a, a personality <laughs> like, I don't think she's she, very likable either which is I mean, unfortunate yeah, I love her I I honestly have a few points of why I don't really like her but that's like very clearly spoiler so yeah. leave that um for later but and I also almost feel like with this world being so much different than the previous worlds where they're just like classic fantasy, 
I know you said you don't really like this whole modern fantasy thing, but it's like, I feel like if you're going to do it, lean into it more. Make them go to more clubs. Make them party more. Make the, like, something that Bryce does to, like, give her some more depth or something like that. Like, or make it how they, like, find things out or something like that. Or, like, make it a method or, and, like, maybe make the technology a little bit more constant throughout the book because sometimes I get sidetracked when I'm like it like it feels very fantasy for a long time and then they're like oh I'm just gonna like send a text and I'm like thrown off you know where it's like I feel like if it was more consistent and if it you leaned into it more I feel like I wouldn't mind as much but the thing that I mind is yeah it feels very much like I'm being flip-flopped between worlds and it's like five <laughs> yeah it's between like five like the different creatures and then also the fantasy versus modern technology thing like it's just it's too much it's too much and it's underdeveloped in in two <laughs> very thick books it shouldn't be underdeveloped yeah that's my issue and I it, it kind of made me realize like this book made me realize issues that I didn't know I had about the first first book yeah agree yeah well now that we said a lot of negative (laughs) things tell me how you would rate this do you have one positive thing to say (laughs) like I feel like we shouldn't just exclusively shit on this book there were some things that I liked about this book they didn't really come until later in the book where I felt like some of the characters were getting more developed specifically Rune I liked his character development towards the end of the book but it was definitely, you know, too late. Yeah. And I don't hate the otters. I like the otters because I envision them as very cute. But like. Yeah, they just don't <laughs> do make sense to me. Yeah. I um, understand your point. After chapter, like, mid 50s in the chapters, I stopped wanting to end everything while reading this book so that was the uphill part I did like Rune's character development I think was my favorite like his storylines were the most interesting for me yeah um and then chapter 78 is the only reason I will read the next book I had no intention to read the next like I was just gonna leave this universe and never touch it again um oh yeah and then in literally like one or two pages, I was like, well, looks like I'm buying the next book. <laughs> That's the other thing that I hate about it is like those two pages were like so good and like exactly what I expect from Sarah J. Mass. Like two out of 800 pages is just not enough <laughs> for me to forgive this atrocity. <laughs> and the thing is, in those two pages, the writing style and like the changed it changed so much that I knew I knew what was about to happen within the first paragraph just based on the way the writing was significantly better I was like how does that happen (laughs) so quickly to the point where I know something good is gonna happen because the rest of the book was so bad uh, anyways, do you want to give your uh, enthusiastic overall rating and review? 
I am very happy that I get to throw you got to throw you under the bus first. Like I'm trying not to let the last chapter sway me. Cause the thing is, would I read this book again to get to the last chapter? Yes. No. I would just read the last chapter. I would not reread this book. I know, but like I in am... order to in order to know what happens at the end, yeah, I would. Oh, so like if you hadn't read this book, if you could go back in time and be like, you have to read this. Yeah, I would still read it. Um gotcha. Okay, same. But I don't think I've actively disliked a book this much in a long time. I don't think I've like I don't think I've struggled to read a book for the podcast like I have with this book like usually I have no problems like getting excited about it because at, le- at least I'm excited to like talk to you about it which like I was excited I was very excited to talk a lot of shit with you about this book but that still didn't make me read it any faster and usually if we hate a book like for example it ends with us we hated that book we read it each in a day because we hated it so much that we were like fuck it we got to read it and we got to talk about it but like i hated i'm trying to like compare it now to um it ends with us like i hated it ends with us but i hated it in a different way yeah i almost honestly i'm going to be honest i feel like i hated this one more i i definitely did um because also like again it ends with us and like same with um I'm going to bring it back just because it is also Sarah J. Mass. Uh, a Court of Frost and Starlight. At least they were easy reads. Like it was, we didn't like it, but it was not hard. This was hard. <laughs> I, okay, so I'm going as like five is, like it was fine. Like it's just yeah. fine. Um <laughs> I honestly might give this a three. Same. It was. Because like it's not a one. It's not like totally (laughs) irredeemable. Yeah, like there were some good bits. It wasn't like the writing itself is not horrible. I just it wasn't developed. It, like, I don't care for any of the characters. I don't particularly care for the plot at all. Um, also, the villain, I could kind of guess exactly what was happening once we started getting a slight bit of context. I was like, okay, so this is where it's going. Um, so that was unsurprising and a little bit boring. Um, yeah, no, it, like, I wouldn't recommend this book to anyone. I would. Yeah. You know what I kind of think? And I might cut this out. <laughs> But I might keep it in just because I feel like I don't want to like put words in Sarah J. Mass's mouth or like pretend that I know what her writing process was. But I feel this book feels very much like the knockoff version of A Court of Silver Flames in a lot of ways, where it feels like certain themes and tropes and things were like almost copy and pasted from that and it because a court of silver flames was so so popular and for so many people it was their favorite sarah j mass book i feel like she was like okay i'm gonna take these things and i'm gonna run with it but at this point especially and like i would honestly say not just a court of silver flames but like 
also some things from Throne of Glass and some things from uh like the rest of the Akatar series where it feels it's starting to feel repetitive and I'm no longer excited by what she writes and I have reasons for this that I will like bring up in the spoilers um like very specific examples of like what I think is getting too repetitive uh, like across the the board fair so you're also going with a three though I'm going with a three yeah this, genuinely that was the lowest we've ever rated something and it was sarah j mass what a plot twist guys <laughs> this is there a plot wasn't twist. any in the book but there is on the podcast <laughs> yeah there was none in the book <sighs> okay spoiler time i'm ready i don't even know where to begin <laughs> you know what Actually, i'm gonna start somewhere I am going to start with the sexuality in this book, like the level of sexuality compared to the first one increased for one, but increased in a like just the most outrageous, (laughs) like, I don't even know how to describe what I was reading. Like, you, you know, when you read, you read like a sex scene and you're like normal face like your face is normal i was like half cringing i would laugh half just like what i found it so funny because it was so unsexy it was the i have a lot of examples well like as we go through our notes i will let you know but I think the one that comes to mind immediately is at one point during sex there is a description of Hunt's balls slapping against her ass that that was what I was thinking it was like there's some things you don't need to write down that was one of them like it's just like to me that's not sexy I am, I don't understand. <laughs> I'm very sorry if I am laughing at something that turns you on. But for me, that just came so far out of left field. It is nothing like any of the other sex scenes that Sarah J. Mass has written. And I haven't had really like, I've had problems with some of them where like, I feel like some of them are a little weird, if I'm being honest. But like, at least there wasn't like a, like an audio <laughs> <laughs> mention <laughs> i uh and it's like uh, balls like i don't know man i just i'm not into ball slapping and this this leads into another issue which we've already discussed because sarah and i could not let it go um rune <laughs> i know exactly what you're about to say uh having sex with a fawn yeah a half fawn i guess um however i thought it was just a fawn oh maybe it is a just a full fawn this isn't a fawn half human half goat i thought a fawn was like a baby deer <laughs> <laughs> let's do some googling <laughs> I should really just think before I speak. 
Oh my god. You're right. The fawn is a... What is a baby deer? A... No? No, that's a female deer. A deer? A fawn! It's a fawn! <laughs> it's just spelled differently. Okay. Cool. Okay, got it. But yeah, fawn is a half-human, half-goat mythological creature. Um... And the line, like, I get we're reading a fantasy book where they're fictional magical creatures. I get that. However, I never in my life would like to read a sex scene that revolves around... N not humans or you know what not two of the same species yeah yeah if it was fawn on fawn different story That's, it was a human and a well not a human not a human but like it's just it's a like i I talked I also talked to my roommates about this because as soon as I read that line I was like guys what am I getting myself into and they agree that it is weird and a little a little too close to bestiality like I get that it's not but the line is like the line is too close for me in this book and I don't it's not for me and I think we talked about it in the first book too where the line was like a little blurred because like Bryce hooked up with a lion shifter or whatever. And just like the way that she describes him, it was like he had a mane, not just like really long hair or whatever, where it's like, okay, if you're using animal terms to describe someone that she just had sex with, to me, that's weird. Um, and then it had like, this was even further past the line for me where like he was going down on someone who from the waist down is a goat. No. <laughs> and you know what? Speaking of blurred lines, familial lines, why? Why? What is? What is with this? The sexual tension between Rune and his own sister is so offensive to me. When people I didn't, I didn't are like, even pick up not, that. not sexual tension, but when people are like, oh, are you two dating or like you two? Cool. I was like, I think they're, I don't think there's sexual tension no. between them, but okay. I got, I get what you mean. I'm, I'm now, we're, we're together. Yeah. Like gotcha. the outward view of their sexual tension, I should say. Yeah. The like, uh, incest normalcies. <laughs> like, just, it. It like it not like it adds to the plot. So why 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 must I read that? And isn't Clorback related to Rune? Yes. They're so that technically makes him also related to Bryce. And the thing is too is like we kind of touched on this. Like I liked Rune's character development the most, and I liked his like I feel like he's the most developed character where we're getting his backstory we're getting his insecurities we're getting his goals we're getting his like deep dark 
thoughts about himself. He's getting romance, like, towards the end of the book. And then, like, he, like, it switches because he finds out who he's talking to. And, like, he suddenly is super uninterested in her. And I liked that because it was interesting, which brings me to my point. One of my points of things that are a little too repeated in Sarah J. Mass literature, which is one, the concept of mates and how across the board, every time, every new book, every new series, it's like, oh my God, finding your mate is so rare. And it is just like almost unheard of. And if like everyone blah, blah, blah. gets one, and it's not rare. Every main character will find their mate. And also, to like further go into this point, in this book, in this series specifically, this world, it happens again where they're like, it is so rare for anyone to find their mate. And then they highlight that it is even rarer for two people of two different species to mate and be mates. And in this book alone, it happens twice between Bryce and Hunt and Danica and Baxian. And I'm like, okay, it's not rare if all of your characters are finding their fucking mates. And I'm kind of sick of it. I also- <laughs> Like, it's just boring. It, yes, 100% agree. It was boring. Like, I just don't care now. Um, but also, the Bryce and Hunt mate, like how it came out and everything like that, was so anticlimactic. It was just kind of like, oh. Okay. Like we're going to call ourselves mates. And then everyone was like, you guys actually are mates. And they were like, oh, so stupid. I was true. It was so bad. So I was like, okay, thanks for that. Um, you yeah, know, I'm so sick. Like, I loved pretty much every other character finding their mate so far I have loved because one they're like I feel like the characters were developed enough that I cared um not even about them finding their mate but just about how their story ended and usually it took a journey to find their mate and like there was a lot of layers there was turbulence there was ups and downs there was like it wasn't just like because, like, I feel like in the first book of Crescent City, it's almost like Sarah Jemass tried to do enemies to lovers, but it was so clear from the get-go that they wanted to fuck each other that it was so underwhelming. Yeah, it's not enemies to lovers. I need you to hate each other. <laughs> it was yeah, just, it like, was like, not friends to lovers. Right? That's all it was. Yeah. But even then, they were kind of friends. Like, they were working together, and there wasn't, like, really any bad blood between them. I don't know. Also, it was just weird. Yeah, speaking of Hunt and Bryce, they're just, like, relationship dynamic. I did not like the... I honestly don't understand what the point of it was, but the weird plot point of, oh, we don't want to sleep with each other right now. That was Me so either. prominent for, like, a good half of the book. Like, I get it. <laughs> You don't have to sleep with each other right away. If you keep telling me that, why? Like, have a reason that that matters. It didn't. Not at all. Nothing happened. Yeah. And also, like, there was no... 
winter solstice in this book like it wasn't ever celebrated in this book they celebrated something else and it's like holy shit don't just like put in a big plot point especially your Sarah Jamas and like she's kind of evolving into like not full erotica but like you know like she she there's sex stuff in her books like we all know this um and it just it it just also it felt out of character for Bryce because she had no issues with fucking around before like in the first book like she was you know and like I kind of liked that I thought that was cool I thought that made her kind of interesting like she was like the most she was like a slutty Sarah J Mass character which we haven't really experienced yet like it's like power to you great and then she was like actually I don't want to have sex and I was like but why <laughs> and it's like give give a good enough reason like and there could have been so many yeah like literally anything. drama <laughs> it could have been great however it was irrelevant there was no point to any of it and it just and they, they didn't even wait until winter solstice first of all so you it know, literally meant nothing. And they're just like weirdly aggressively sexual with each other in like the middle of chaos. And then they're like, oh, I can't wait to sleep with you later. I'm like, okay, like you can just do it if you want to. You don't have to announce that you want to. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I didn't like that whole plot point because it, it just went it went nowhere. Or, like, if it had been brought up in the last book somehow. And then in this book, Bryce was like, just kidding. I actually would like to have sex with you now. I feel like that would be better. But it's the fact that it was brought up in this book and then completely discarded in this book. Because at least if it happened in the first book, I could be like, okay, Sarah Jamas like wanted this to be a plot point, And then it just, she didn't want it to be a plot point anymore. So she took it away in this book. Yeah, it, you know, it didn't work. I or I don't know. I also, like I'm trying to think of a way to excuse this, like the stupidest plot point. No, I don't. There's you. There's nothing. Like there was nothing <laughs> of value that was added, except for the fact that winter solstice was going to be an event, and then like. I get like you could have been like oh we're waiting for winter solstice as a way to bring up winter solstices in four months for like something yeah but but that also didn't happen so you just made a whole plot point to end for no reason I thought it was gonna be like a sort of thing where like they were gonna wait till winter solstice and then something bad was going to happen at winter solstice that made it so that they couldn't but then that didn't even happen and I feel like what I thought of would have been better it would have been predictable but I feel like it would have been better and like the thing is too is like I didn't hate like all of the sex stuff in this book when Rune and Day or Agent Day hooked up in like that weird mind palace thing I was like hell yeah you know why because they were both interesting characters who were like honestly Day was more developed than a lot of yeah like like way more interesting than Bryce in my humble opinion 
significantly more. I and then I to find out that more. day is the hind at the end, I was like, holy shit, that is cool. That is a that is a complex character. And then, like, again, because I like I, I've said I hate the whole like mates thing, but like when Rune no longer was into hunt or <laughs> <laughs> I meant the hind. <laughs> when Rune was no longer into the hind, uh, at the end of the book, I was like, like, I liked it because it was interesting because it wasn't just, oh, these two characters are into each other. It's going to be a little hard, but guess what? It works. Oh my God. Guess what? They're mates. Like it wasn't that. And I was like, refreshing. Yeah. Th- that, that plot point was good. I really, I was surprised. When I was so surprised because like I thought at least Rune would be still into Agent Daybright or the Hind but the fact that he wasn't anymore or he was like really conflicted about it I was like see that is a character with layers I also you know when uh Cormac gets introduced like I don't know really early on in the book I significantly cared more about him as a character than any of the other characters within a page i was like this man has like he's interesting something is going on i care now um and i didn't have that with bryce hunt really any of them rune got there eventually but no cormac in one page was more interesting to me than any of the main characters yeah and even then, I mean, to be honest, he still wasn't that interesting. No, I lost significant interest later on, but like <laughs> it started out as interest. Um, but you know who also was done dirty by this book? Besides me? Oh, I meant like characters. Um, Danica. Oh. Fucking true. Also, again, another plot point that I'm sick of because it's getting repetitive is this whole stupid ass trope where Bryce is like I had no idea who Danica even was it's like cool me either she she wasn't she was in the first handful of chapters in the first book so many times in this book I just feel like that whole plot point could have been interesting like oh like Danica turns out to be evil Danica is I don't know something but just being like oh yeah Danica was trying to help that is the plot. <laughs> but like the thing too, another like this is hold on, I'm actually gonna pull it up because I wrote in my notes like some of my major my major beef with this book. Um okay. So just like blanket statement. I feel like the first book of this series should have taken place before house of earth and blood which was the first which was the first book like get me to know danica otherwise this whole plot point of me not knowing danica does nothing for me emotionally like i'm not interested twists and turns of oh Danica's actually like this Danica's like this oh we didn't know this about Danica yes we didn't know anything about Danica 
What do you mean you didn't know this about Danica? She is not a character to me. She is irrelevant. She was cool as fuck, like, while she was in the books. Like, I liked her character, but she wasn't developed enough for me to, like, develop an attachment to her. Like, maybe make this book slightly different. Like, make the first book be about all how Bryce didn't actually know who Danica was. And make this book about how Bryce didn't know who Lehiba was, or Lehiba, or whatever, the fire sprite. Because I care to, I care a lot more about her. It would it would have an impact on me if if she was involved somehow. Yeah, because but... I know her. I experienced her character. I yeah. experienced her death firsthand, as opposed to just Bryce finding Danica. Like it just doesn't have an impact on me. Maybe I'm a stone cold bitch. No, but just Actually, like we both know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> the expectation that we would care whether Danica was good or bad without any information on who she is as a person is just like why why would I it's like maybe if Bryce was a little more developed then I like even so if Bryce I don't give a shit about her either so I don't care about her dead best friend (laughs) yeah it just doesn't work oh god I'm so happy that you and I share the same opinions I know I was I love that you disliked the book just as much as I did. It would have been brutal if you're like, no, I loved it. I'm like, oh. Honestly, it would have made for a very interesting episode and probably a lot of yelling. Yeah, I do think. Um, I, I also don't understand Hunt at his job. Like, I get he does specifically say, what else would I do? So I get it. <laughs> but like, the the people that he works with there like when they came from the other place these are some of hunt's biggest enemies like he hates these people he is now free and he continues to do what he was forced to do but now with people he dislikes more and at no point is he like maybe i'll look for another job never but also the thing that i hate Again, I think that the fucking first book should have even taken place. Or maybe there should have been, I don't even know, man. Like, I feel like there should have been like a book on the first rebellion alone, like a novella on the first rebellion. Like, give me more backstory to like Hunt, the Hind, Pollux, uh, Baxian. Because you can't just tell me to hate these characters and expect me to hate them because as soon as Baxian comes on, I'm like, oh, okay, he's getting a redemption arc. But like he didn't need to be redeemed because because I don't he didn't know do him. anything in this series. You know what? I've just realized uh, how this book could be solved for me. The entire plot of the rebellion, unnecessary. The whole all of those characters, none of it. If it was just the Astri and like the fact that they were stealing power and that's how they were remaining in power, if that was the whole plot and like, oh my God, you find this out, they've been luring people here. Nothing, nothing but a new like stirring rebellion. None of that. I feel like it could have been developed significantly more to the point where like you find out what's happening and you're like, 
and like maybe make this rebellion. the first rebellion yeah like then like there's an uprising then there's a rebellion but like telling me that there's a previous rebellion and now a rebellion based on something that we don't know is happening it's just, i feel like it was trying to like build the story this way but i uh-huh. needed it to build this way you feel yeah for those of you who are listening because it's a, a podcast <laughs> can you uh um, did you try to because i don't know how to... i don't know how to describe that into words um it I'm... feels like okay i think i think i know i'm gonna see if i can reach into your brain okay it feels like this book is like the the center point or like these two books i guess it was like the center point on a timeline and it's trying to build both the past the present and the future but you just needed it to build the present yes like because that's how I feel yeah there was there was too much and too little at the same time yeah a hundred percent and like ugh, I just I I just have so many issues um but like specifically with Baxian's character in particular as soon as he was introduced, I knew he was getting a redemption arc. Yeah, like, you could just tell. You could just tell. And, like, I didn't picture the Hind getting a redemption arc. So I liked that. Um, actually, there was a point where I kind of predicted it, but I didn't think it was going to happen. I put a sticky note beside it, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It just... It's just not good. I... Like the whole timeline on this book throws me off and also there's just too many like creatures with their own regions like I don't feel like we need hell to be involved (laughs) like I find the demons cool as fuck I like their characters I find their characters a lot cooler than a lot of the main characters but, like, I don't understand their purpose. Like, I get that, like, their whole purpose was they were a part of the previous rebellion that happened hundreds of years ago, but I don't care about that rebellion because it hasn't been developed. I don't even know what they were rebelling against. I'm assuming the Asteri. But, like, it doesn't even say, like, I understand that they're, like, feeding off of their, like, society's powers, like, their magic. But it doesn't seem like they're that bad. There have been way worse villains in Sarah but, J. Mass. Hear me out. <laughs> it just, it feels like taxes. Like, <laughs> am I wrong? Which, fuck taxes. But like... But like, you give a little, and then they are the overarching power that rules and keeps society in order. It, that's literally the point of government. I don't, like, I don't... <laughs> the history don't seem like particularly evil they're just uh they're like they're just powerful and they make the point too in the book they're like it's not our fault that this is the resource we need to keep living and like arguably that's true they need that to live why are you like oh that's horrendous like what did they do like am i missing something like Here's the thing. I always, like, especially because of, like, the um, constant theme of a rebellion in this book, 
I have been like thinking a lot about the Hunger Games and how that was developed. Because also in the last book, there wasn't a, a rebellion. But it's like there was a pretty distinct, clear reason why. It was because everyone was in poverty. Whereas like, it seems like in Crescent City, they're doing pretty well for themselves. I know in some districts in the Hunger Games, they're actually quite rich. But like a lot of districts live in poverty. The government takes their children and demands that they all kill each other until one child emerges victorious. That's pretty fucked up. Like, there's reasons. And then, like, President Snow is an objectively bad guy. Like, a shitty human being. And then there's, like, the capital, which is, like, the rich, which is, like, what they are trying to overthrow. And there are a lot of parallels with the Hunger Games to, like, today's society. Like, it's, like, a whole a whole topic of debate. Whereas, like, with this, it just kind of seems fine. Yeah, like I get I get that there's some arranged marriages by the Astri that maybe were not desired. Um how have we already been talking for so long? <laughs> I feel like I, I haven't even We haven't said much, but we've said a lot. It's just the Astri isn't the villain. Like they don't have the villain thing for me. Yeah. It's just oh okay that's that's all I felt when I find out what was happening towards the end I was like okay I mean I guess like the mass genocide is pretty bad did I miss that when did that happen when um Bryce was like looking through all the planets that they had like destroyed oh like when they eliminate entire planets yeah yeah that's but like I'm Are you about to excuse me? No, I know that I know that's how it came out, but that's not what I was trying to say. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, no. Let me be clear. I am not excusing that. Um I just don't think one sentence to describe what makes the villain the bad guy is sufficient for an 800 page book like Agreed. i need details i want to know i want the back we we've discussed this so many times before we like the villain backstory right there or even no. just like like if the main character had experienced any of this like none of this was experienced like, when I read it, I'm just being told these things. It's not like the main character is, like, fighting, a, a, like, a the asteroid because they are actively doing bad things. It's like, I'm just being told that they kind of suck. And then I find out at the end that they, like, murdered a bunch of people and, like, destroyed planets. And it's like, okay... Why not have me experience it as a reader and like truly grasp just how fucked up it was? I still, I, I like, I understand that it is fucked up. Yeah, like, but I'm just... not saying they're not bad. I'm just saying <laughs> it wasn't explained in a way that you're like, oh my God, this is the villain. Like, they are the worst. It's just kind of like, 
I'm telling you they're the villain, therefore they're the villain. Yeah. It just doesn't fucking do it for me. No. Anyways, I gotta backtrack, like, hella, because I want to talk about this, because we kind of, <laughs> we talk about this a lot, um, about our issues with, like, prologues and epilogues. The prologue in this book... <laughs> had no business i like it like i feel like it the whole point was to set up the story but i did not give two shits about sophie i didn't give a single fuck about sophie i understand that she died in a terrible terrible way i the first time i read the prologue i was like if this is another juiced situation i'm about to lose my mind and then it was you know what? Sophie did come back technically into the story, so it was better than Juiced. Um, but n- no, I did not appreciate the prologue at all, because I was like, I don't know what's happening. Also, I don't care for any of these characters. What? Also, it was fucking long. It was, it was the longest. way too long. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I did. I started reading it. I was like, don't want to read it. Skipped it, and then realized I had to read it. At like a certain point later on. And then I went back and read it. And it was, but it was like, again, it was just like being told, here is a new character. You must care about this new character. And it's like, I don't. And again, because Sophie was a rebel. I don't know what the rebellion is. (laughs) Tell me what the rebellion is. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you find out at the end of this book what all the rebellions are. Well, I assume that's what all the rebellions are um, based on. But, like, why Why would we care? We don't know if Sophie is on the right side of the rebellion or the wrong side. We don't know what she's rebelling against. How are we supposed to care about her? Right? I don't. Still don't, but... <laughs> I still don't. I still don't care about the rebellion. Oh, this book was awful. <laughs> um, okay, again, backtracking. But back to um, Hunt going down on a fawn. Um, sorry to bring it back up. But you like the room? issue that I have with that. Room. Uh, what did I say? Hunt. Oh, whoops. Who cares? Not you me. know what? That would have made it a bit more interesting. <laughs> um but it's just like again in the description where he's like her long legs which ended in pretty little hooves and i'm just like okay you couldn't have like turned me off quicker (laughs) you could have just gone with her long legs her long human legs because she's not a fawn However, I will say I do appreciate that in Hunt, uh, I keep saying Hunt, in Rune's perspective, he does, like, emphasize that he, like, would ask for consent before having sex with her. And I was like, you know what? We're grasping at straws here. But at least that's a good character. (laughs) At least Rune is not a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Again, grasping at straws. 
I truly don't even like again I had this issue with the first book a lot of the points that I have I feel like I was grasping at straws to like create a point and so like now that I'm flipping through I'm like I don't even I don't know what I was gonna say to that yeah um for me I feel like the most exciting part of this book other than the ending and other than a, a agent day being the hind which was also exciting it was ethan is his name ethan uh his throat being ripped out so, yeah and <laughs> i genuinely wish he died because it would have been significantly more interesting because it was right? so aggressive and sudden i was like oh my god did that just happen and they're like oh yeah he, he'll be back fine in a day and i was like i'm sorry you're telling just me- another fucking theme in this book where it was like we thought hunt was going to be the bad guy in the first book and we were like oh my god a plot and then there was just kidding not even a plot twist i'm literally just saying a plot yeah just a plot also you know what there's so many things i disliked about this book the dragon just randomly being thrown in and like chapter i don't know chapter whatever and being like oh look it's a dragon (laughs) okay (laughs) is that relevant to me and then like yeah the dragon gets traded for something later like i guess vaguely important but like was there any build-up to the dragon plot no it was just Look, here's a dragon now. Surprise, a dragon. Oh, it was so stupid. I will say, you know whose plot I actually kind of liked? I don't want to say I loved. I'll say I liked. But Therian. I thought his plot was super interesting. Not super. Interesting. (laughs) Just like, you know, he was working for the River Queen and then he like sold his soul to the Viper Queen and started you know i feel like there's there's layers to therian more so than most of the characters in this book yeah i would agree with that but i also found that his i feel like his plot was just rushed a little bit true which is something that is also a theme in this book where i feel like some bits are rushed through because they another take forever yeah others take forever but like because there's so many characters and worlds that were trying to be like crammed in they had to be rushed but then because you rushed them you just didn't care it's i don't it was bad i don't know yeah yeah because i also kind of like that about ethan's character too where like him and therian were both of different realms Realms, worlds realms within this world i don't know i don't even know how it works <laughs> but like they were like essentially not fitting in where they were supposed to so they like joined this like ragtag teams of rebels but it's just like i like i get it but i don't care yeah um, and like also there's too many there's straight up too many weird plots going on in this book they were, it was unnecessary but like when you find out there's the alpha 
that's being like trapped and then oh my god it's part of that pack oh my god it's sabine oh my god like sabine's sister or like in that family oh my god she could be the one in power oh my god we have to okay there was no build up for that either like there's too many sub power dynamics that don't like there's the asteri versus the people but then there's also the river queen and then there's also like fucking the viper queen and her people and then there's like even like jessica and bice bice (laughs) and then there's also like hunt and celestina or whatever the fuck and it's just like there's too many different power dynamics going on too many like different power battle why is everyone fighting for power between each other but also like an overarching power battle it doesn't it's not interesting to read about like why is it the same fight everywhere yeah it is there's just like too many like sub categories of everything 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 i I'm I'm moving on to just like the general my dislike of Bryce as a character which also mm. like it ruins the book. It's just like I don't care enough about her to hate her. She's just not like a likable character. But for example, using the Danan uh name to get things that she wants and then being surprised when there are consequences to her actions as if you weren't using the fae king's name okay that's just dumb two keeping things from hunt when there was no no legitimate reason when she was trying to save emily um, because at this point, she and Hunt had decided they were mates. It wasn't official, but they were calling each other mates. And she was just lying to him. Just for fun. Um, that was weird. Um, also... <laughs> I got a list. When Rune was like, oh my god, we have to go save Agent Day. And then Bryce is like, You've only known her like a month. Basically, like, what is wrong with you? Um, and then Rune has to snap back at her and be like, um, you try to sell yourself into the ass. I love and like Bryce, are you dumb? Also, who are you to say what Rune is feeling? She's like, you don't even know her. I'm sorry, Bryce. Yeah, she's kind what? of annoying. That's so so that's my list. Um, I'm sure there's more, but I those don't like this though because I feel like I liked her a lot more in the first book, which is annoying because I feel like she had a little bit more of like her own character, but it feels like she's so watered down and just like annoying in this book. And again, it feels like parts of her character are just like taken from other characters. Like, I don't want to say the name for people who haven't read this series, but like. A certain character in Throne of Glass who, like, notoriously will make plans for things 
alone and just like do things uh but it like made sense for that person's character and it was like consistent throughout the entire series whereas like with this one it was just kind of weird that I mean I guess Bryce kind of did it in the first book but just like like with the whole um when Hunt was tailing her and she went to the nail salon or something like that I guess it was kind of there but it's like it's getting old and, uh, but and the maybe thing it's because is, we like, read the other series at that point Hunt and her were not like friends really yeah at this point you are calling him your mate and you're full-on lying to him just because it's it's just yeah i don't like her character and again it's because i feel like she's just not developed i i but like the thing is i think you're right she was more of a person or like her like own individual person in the first book so she wasn't as unlikable but in this book basically her only character point is that she has power and wants to sleep with hunt like that's it that's who she is you know what i think i hate about this book it just came to me in an epiphany i feel like every other sarah jms series has been plot featuring romance it feels like this series is way more focused on hunt and bryce's relationship than the like important plot points that they like keep bringing up like i don't care about the rebellion because it wasn't brought up enough in the first book because the whole point of the first book was to get hunt and bryce together not to actually establish what was happening like this book is so much more focused on hunt and bryce than the outside world that's honestly true like you're right like to the point where like because i was about to say another reason why i don't really like bryce's character is because i feel like even she doesn't know what she's fighting for which she doesn't until the end of this book so it's like, but she knows that she's like attracted to Hunt and like wants to fuck him all the time. And I'm like, okay, I don't care about that. And I also don't care, like, I don't care about anything in this book. Because I don't yeah. really care for Hunt. I don't really care for Bryce. So therefore I don't care about their romance. And naturally I don't care about the plot that's happening behind the scenes because it's not as important because like clearly that's barely what this story is about. Like this feels like a romance book. Whereas, like, the others feel more like a fan- like fantasy with romance. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right. Um, I Speaking of, like, the romance aspect of it, I thought of this. Um, you know when uh, Cormac and <laughs> Bryce are engaged and they have to keep this ruse yes. in order for them not to be, you know, murdered? They, it's it's very important for whatever they were trying to do. Don't really know, don't really care, but it was important that people believe they were together. Hunt and Bryce not being capable of not sleeping with each other in order to keep this ruse alive is 
I'm sorry. In, in your minds, you are doing this to save the entire world. This is very important. And you're telling me you had to sleep with him right there in order to like, what? What? I I don't like that at all. It felt like, you know, the show Too Hot to Handle when if you don't yeah. sleep with someone, you get like a lot of money. That seems like an outrageous plot. It's only a month. Yeah, like I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you not wait a like, month? I'm sorry. If the options were sex or ten thousand dollars, I think it's even a hundred thousand now because it's a very popular show. Yeah, you know what but... I could do with that much money. And this book is that, but on extremes because it's sex or save the world. And they're like, you know what? <laughs> Let's do it anyways. And the other thing too, again, is like, I feel like the whole plot point of Cormac and Bryce was so brushed over. Like they didn't even, like they never did anything to keep up appearances once. It was like, oh, we have to keep this engagement to keep up appearances. And then immediately we're back to Hunt and Bryce's love story. I wanted something like... uh you know that dance scene in Akatar with Cassian and Nesta yes. where she's like yes where you're like but like oh more God. you know more like, but I like- wanted them to go on like dates and stuff and have Hunt be like going crazy because his mate is on a date with another man and then like have it actually be a sufficient plot point instead of it just being like we're engaged but i hate you but we have to keep up appearances okay i'm gonna go fuck this guy that i like okay also we're kind of friends and also a hunt just having anger problems like through the book. right like it would have been so much more interesting or even making Cormac and Bryce like an enemies to lovers moment like that would have been interesting I kind of that's what I saw coming and I was like ooh, yeah and like the thing is now that you know Bryce and Hunter mates you're like okay well that's it cool truly also another this is like a really small thing that I dislike but it is like a reoccurring theme in this series at the very least like you know how everything is like still as death in the Sarah J Mass universe Hunt is always grinding his teeth so hard that they hurt and it's brought up multiple times a book and I'm just like okay I don't care I get that he's a tense guy <laughs> so dense I I don't know it's just n- nothing about this book was good just kidding yeah well it's true except for the ending but the only reason I liked the ending was because objectively it wasn't this book it was another book (laughs) Uh, yeah I just hate like like I know I've kind of already touched on this but I hated the introduction of Pollux the Hind and Baxian I hated that because again like just I just don't I I agree I don't think that the first rebellion needed to be a thing 
just have this rebellion that is forming be the first rebellion because you can't give me these characters that were participating in the previous rebellion that I already don't care about or were they participate they did participate in the rebellion then why are they also the enemy when there are the, the main characters are starting a new rebellion there's two there's too many vague undefined layers <laughs> I because also they just refer to it as the rebellion or a rebellion so we have no context maybe it's a different rebellion maybe it was like rebellion between themselves maybe it has nothing to do with the rebellion we don't know there's no context in the longest book I've ever read in my life there was no information (laughs) Also, I think another reason why I like Rune's character is because there's, like, this uh, specific interaction with him and Bryce, like, mind to mind, where Bryce, like, insinuates that he is, like, fucking someone and she does it kind of in a weird way, like, in a weird, like, she's sexualizing her brother way. And his response to that is, gross, Bryce. And I'm like, yes, Rune gets it. He understands. Like, would you walk up to your brother and be like, hey, what are you doing with that girl over there? No. You'd be like, that's not my business. (laughs) Why would I ever want to know the answer to that? No. (laughs) (sighs) I actually have... uh, I know I've been mentioning that I loved the last chapter of this book but I just thought of something and I realized there's I actually have an issue with the last chapter too (laughs) but I can wait to bring it up okay cool yes please um yeah also again sorry I I'm just like I feel like we chaotically talked for a while and now I'm finally going through like my actual points I am sick of this whole I mean I know we talked about like Danica having secrets and whatever but I'm sick of this whole like secret compartment thing too but like do you remember the part where Ethan like fell on a table and like shattered it and Bryce is like oh my god it must have had a secret compartment I'm just like like it's just so old at this point not everything should have a secret compartment. And not everything should be related to Danica. A character that we don't care for because we don't know. (laughs) Her character, like her characteristics are not surprising because we don't have anything to base them off of. Right? Also just like the weird reaper thing that happened that didn't actually do anything for the plot. Like I put a sticky note beside it because I was like, I bet this is important. And then for a good amount of the book, Bryce was just going, were you the one who sent the reapers? And they were like, no. She was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. And then eventually she finds it out, but I can't even remember who sent the Reapers because I it, like it felt so irrelevant at that point. Yeah, I'm trying to think who it was. This book is just a series of irrelevant plot points and ball slapping. <laughs> <laughs> so 
summarize the book in one sentence. <laughs> I think I found the title of the episode. <laughs> oh. Oh my god. Another okay, because I remember how remember how I said that I have like points throughout the book where I've like really hated the sex stuff. A lot of it was just the wording. Because at one point, Br- Hunt, and, and I quote, <laughs> Hunt bowed his head, brow resting just above her mound. Is that supposed to mean her vagina? <laughs> I'm sorry, did you just say mound, Sarah J. Mass? <laughs> excuse me? Je m'excuse? Uh, I need... I don't even know what I need. I need... I don't want an explanation, actually. What? Like, the choice of wording is... It, it's a choice in this book. <laughs> And then the fact that he like zaps her clitoris with his lightning. <laughs> I was like <laughs> Yeah, it's no. None of this book is for me. Like no point in this book was I'm like glad I was reading it. Uh. And again, oh my god, sorry, another plot point. This is again kind of with Danica. And, like, our lack of her character or whatever. But, like, finding out who Danica's father was. And then Bryce was like, oh, my God. I never even knew who her father was. And then it's like, yeah, we as the reader also didn't know who her father was. We were just told. Like, I don't have an investment. Like, if I told you who my, like, if you found out who my father was, I feel like you would care. Because you've known me for a lot longer than we've known Danica. Also, like, it wasn't brought up in the first book being, like, something about her dad and that's, like, super relevant. Bryce really wants to know. Nothing like that. Like, it was just, yeah, we don't know who her dad is. Oh, my God. That's her dad. Huge news. Okay. It's like, no, it isn't. Not to me. (laughs) Do you have any other points? No, I'm going to be honest. Um, I wanted it to end, so I stopped writing down anything. Fair enough. Cool, cool. I'm just going to like spitball and you can rip off of me. This is, this might be like a personal thing for me, which it probably is. One of the things that I hated the most about this book, and again, something that is picked from a different Sarah J. Mass series was the fact that Rune was consistently referred to as Princeling. And like that is a nickname from a very important character in a different series. And it's like, no, that character is Princeling. And that series, copyrighted, was first. Like, you don't just get to reuse these nicknames and these character traits and these tropes and like, bleh. Like, I, like this book was just so so repetitive from her existing books already yeah unless in some book in the like uh, where all the worlds mesh together in the end if manon does not explicitly say 
princeling and they both turn around and be like what (laughs) if that doesn't happen it shouldn't be in the book true but it's just like it's the fact that he was called princeling multiple times and I remember like the first time it happened I was like don't you dare because I love Dorian the character in the other book I was like don't you fucking dare that's Dorian I'm not a fan of like the names um in this book and I don't mean like their actual names I mean like how they're referred to in this book um because there's already so much to know in this book because there's too many characters and too many random subplots um but when they just like everyone calls everyone by a different part of their name which is so unnecessary at a certain point like I get you have first and last names but like sometimes just stick with one don't don't keep going I don't need to memorize four versions of everyone's name and then hope I know true true Ugh, this fucking book okay and another thing that you're gonna hate this because it's another sex thing that I made a note of that was uncomfortable but it's just like when he like I'm not sure if this is the first time they have sex because I don't care but oh my god also because I talked to Emma about this book or just like Sarah Jamas in general and like there is not there is not an average penis in sight it is all (laughs) men with just huge dicks to the point where like the way that these dicks are being described it's not sexy because it just feels I don't know but anyways this is like an example of that where like he has to put his dick in her so slowly because it's just so big. Um, and he just, I'm just going to read the quote for you. I'm not going to try to paraphrase it. Brace yourself. Another inch, another shudder of pleasure. And then he slid out, period. And out, period. And out, period. And it's like, why? Well, why did you need to, why did you need to make it weird? It's just weird. I just don't like it. It's it's written like a children's book in that sentence. You know? Like the way it's like children's book are you reading? (laughs) Just like the like the sentence structure where it's like and out and out and out. Oh yeah, like a Dr. Seuss vibe. Yeah. Two fish. (laughs) (laughs) One inch, two inch. Oh. Um, I feel like Celestina being gay could have been so much more well done for a multitude of reasons. Number one, I feel like it was hinted at that she was gay early on in the book where Hunt has a thought where he's like, maybe she doesn't even like men. And it's like, okay, why do you need to think of that? But then it kind of took away from the surprise of her actually being gay and also the fact that she was introduced as gay in a sexual way kind of ruined it for me. It just like it was character development I guess but 
in such a I don't know what it is but like yeah I didn't really care for it either the way it was came out and I'm, I'm like why is is that is that I feel your like other characters and other books have like come out of the closet for lack of a better term but like they are like introduced as gay on their own terms like it feels like Celestina was outed not that it was her decision you know it was just weird and like her boob was out and gleaming also, we, as if someone had been so, licking it we know so little about Celestina for that to be the one thing that we know now seems like okay yeah and I mean she I guess she did kind of have a villain arc which made her a little bit interesting but like I don't know yeah it seemed like a really weird thing I don't know also I have a question for you all right so okay I'm trying to that was I'm the reading his pause <laughs> so you know what like Bryce and Celestina kind of have that standoff. I don't know why. Oh, it was because Celestina was feeling threatened because Bryce and Hunt had just like walked into her in her like vulnerable state. Um, but it's okay. Basically, Hunt has his like internal dialogue where he says, power to power, female to female, governor to princess wasn't the right word for the expression that came across Bryce's face, the shift of her power. Or of her posture. Another word formed on his tongue, but Hunt didn't let it take root. Didn't let himself think of all the deadly implications that the other word would entail. I don't think that was brought up again, and I don't think we ever found out what that word was supposed to be. Do you know what that word is? Do you have a, a hunch? Nope. Cool. Because I made a note of it, because I was like, I wonder what it is. Is it like a god? An asteroid? <sighs> this book has truly taken years off my life. Years. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just... I, like, I feel like I would have looked, maybe thought about it more, or, like, tried to consider what the other word would be, but, like, literally, Hunt could have said the word. It could be anything. And I would not care. It would be burrito. You know what? I would care a little bit, actually. <laughs> she is a burrito. Whoa. Whoa, now that is coming out of left field. A zesty breakfast burrito? You got me. Uh, okay, another sex thing that's going to make you uncomfortable. The slap and slide of their bodies meeting filled the room. Slap and slide. <laughs> the grown-up version of a slip and slide. Ew. Ew. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought about it. That's <laughs> so gross. It. That is true. That was disgusting. Anyways. I didn't care for that. 
Okay. Another thing with technology, which is just like, it's so stupid because it's like, it feels like the use of technology sometimes is like a cop-out for an actual solution. <laughs> because like, I don't know what the context was, but like Bryce had to get to all of the gates to like give out a message. And then Hunt was like, oh no, like, the asteroid will know it was you based off your voice. And she was like, I actually recorded it and put it through like a voice uh, mutator machine. And then I played it. And he's like, wow, you're so smart. And I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. Like, I hated that. Like, I feel like it would have been way cooler if Bryce had just done it and like sacrificed something. By, like, making it known that she was a rebel. Yeah, like, no. It wasn't, like, I get it, but also, no. <laughs> Imagine Bryce, like, puts on an accent. <laughs> what you accent do you think you would go for? I, I, don't, I don't know what accent they speak with now. That's true. I mean, it's a whole other language, apparently. Which we find out towards the end. Yeah, so maybe they'd put on a Canadian accent. <laughs> I don't... I, oh, fuck, I lost the point. I want to know what she said. I'm not going to try to find it, though, because as soon as this book is closed, it's closed for good. It's closed forever. I'm not <laughs> reopening this book. <laughs> uh, I kind of wish... That someone other than Cormac died. Maybe not even like on top of Cormac's death, but someone more important to the story. Like Ethan. Yeah. Rip his throat out and leave him dead. I don't know. Truly. Or even like Therian. Yeah, if he died, I would have been a little bit interested. Um, if Bryce and Hunt weren't mated and then Hunt died, interested. Honestly, I don't care that they're mated. One of them can die. Yeah. Or they find out who Agent Day is and before Room can say anything, death. Like things like that, you know? Yep. I, I need a little bit more death. <laughs> You're turning into me. Warren Whimsy. I did like one of the quotes from Regulus. Because um, it kind of like touches on what you were saying before about how like it's not their, their fault that this is like the power source that they need to live. Um, but the quote is like, what are all creatures feeding off of their resources? You should see what the inhabitants of some other worlds do to their planets. And I was like, ooh, is that a call out to planet Earth? Maybe. I see you, Sarah J. Mass. Did you hear that the Willow Project got approved? Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. Hmm. I just... Yeah. I just, I love Rune and the Hind so much more 
than Bryson Hunt because there's just so many more layers. And it's like his ally was his enemy. His enemy was his lover. And it's like, he's just like so conflicted. And I'm like, that's what I want. Interesting. Enemies and lovers. Depth. Anyways. Me just patiently waiting to talk about the one and only chapter in this book that I liked. (laughs) I'm so close. Don't you worry. Oh, okay. I'm there. Chapter 78 is, you know what? More than anything, I'm annoyed that this chapter exists because now I have to keep reading the series. Honestly, yes. And the deep, deep chokehold that Akatar has <laughs> because we have never disliked a book more than this entire basically this is the last chapter is only like two pages so out of like an 800 page book almost like 99% of it I did not like in two pages (laughs) Bryce instead of going to hell for help accidentally ends up in the Akatar world and when I say Reese opened his mouth and was like, my name is Rysand. I was like, well, you know what? I'm here now. I will read it. Truly. Because like I was texting Katrina when I was finishing this book and like uh, we kind of forgot to say this up top, which I feel like is kind of important. But the ending of this was spoiled for me. So like I, I like not to the point where I knew verbatim what happened, but I like saw a fan art of Bryce talking to all of the characters in Akatar. And so I was like, oh shit. And like it like the caption was like, this is like what like I imagine this looked like in the at the end of Crescent City. And I was like, ah, oh, well, that is so unfortunate. And truly, I was texting Katrina and I was like, I hate this book. I don't think Reese is enough to redeem this book at all for me. And then I read this last chapter. She literally says one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) It's, but like, the thing is, it's not even just Reese. Like, Amran being there, as being there, immediately, as soon as I knew it was Amran, I was like, I care about Amran so much more than any character in this book that I was like good sold I don't even need Reese to come in I don't need Feyre I don't need anyone else Amran's here we're good and then they all they're all there it is incredible perfection the writing is better the characters have been developed I care it's true like the writing does change in a little bit like in vibe and also yeah the characters are developed so I'm excited to see them again because I've I know them better than I know Bryce Bryce is just very one-dimensional whereas these characters are like just nothing but dimensions that I'm worried about now is I 
don't want because this universe I don't like like I just don't care for what has been created in Crescent City and I don't want Akatar and those characters to get put into a universe that I don't like and then ruin that plot for me so I'm like I'm nervous it's gonna be like I'm nervous that it's gonna get messy like it is because the these books should have been simple to build into the worlds colliding, not so complicated and then colliding the worlds. Yeah, I totally agree. And like the fact that there's just so many characters and it's like, I feel like between Akatar and Throne of Glass, even though there's more characters in Throne of Glass than Crescent City, I feel like... I can handle those two worlds colliding because the characters are developed and so are the worlds where I won't get confused. Whereas like, even in this book alone, sometimes a name will come up and I'll be like, who is that again? Oh yeah. I never had that issue in Throne of Glass or Akatar. No. It was like, this is the character. This is what they stand for. This is their backstory. This is what they like. This is their ideals. These are their values. This is who they're interested in. This is their past. This is their present. This is their future. I know who these characters are. I, yes, fully yes. Um, but I do have one clear issue with this chapter. Is that Bryce sees Rysand, who is known for his wonderful violet eyes. It is a quality, it's a trait, we know this. Bryce looks up and is like, Rune? Uh Sure, maybe they look similar. To me, no, I didn't. I didn't imagine them as looking similar. But I can to get be fair. You that. imagined Rune as blonde in the first book. <laughs> That's true. So we're not changing that image. Um, <laughs> but because, and then Bryce notes because their eyes are the same. However, yeah. in the entirety of the first book, not once does it mention Rune's violet eyes. Quite specifically, they're blue. They are described as blue. So if you were going to bring the plot in that, oh my God, they look the same, they have the same eyes, that's such a notable feature of Rysand. Just say Rune has violet eyes at one point. Let that be known. Don't say he has blue eyes and be like, oh, just kidding, they're violet now. I feel no. like maybe it was mentioned before. No, I because I have it on my iPad. I can search up terms. Violet, nope. Oh. Blue eyes, yes. His what eyes about are described City as one? No, that's what I mean. He's wow. described as having blue eyes. So it like he they change his character right at the end. Why? side beef with that i read that and i was like that's not true <laughs> it was not meant <laughs> i because you know we would have talked about that if we were like oh it's my true. god he has violet eyes this is coming in yeah especially because like we know about the multiverse so i feel like if there was 
such specific character traits like that like especially like because I feel like Reese's eyes are like so violet they're almost purple and that's that's the thing like it's it's not like a subtle character trait this is his big thing is he has violet eyes and like they're beautiful and whatnot Rune does not that's (laughs) not his that's not what he looks like So yeah, even even my favorite chapter in this book, I still have an issue with it. I'm like, here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people are super excited about like the multiverse, but after reading this this these two books, I was excited at first, mostly because I was excited for the concept of Akatar and Throne of Glass colliding. Because that shit would be epic. But after reading this, I'm nervous because I feel like this series is the catalyst for it and it is the series that I hate. And it's like, now I'm worried that we're not even going to get a new Akatar. I feel like it's just going to be multiverse now. When it's like, I'd, I'd kind of almost rather just Akatar because I don't care about this universe. I would absolutely rather Akatar. Absolutely. No question. If I don't get a book from Azriel's perspective, I will die. (laughs) (laughs) And like, the other thing too is like, like we don't know what's going to happen next, obviously. Uh, As we're recording this, we know when the next book is going to come out. We know what it is titled. But I've seen a lot of like fan theories where like, because, hold on, it's called... Where'd I put the book? I just had it right here, right in front of me. It's called House of Flame and Shadow, which is one of the four houses of Midgard. And I feel like a lot of people are hypothesizing that because it says flame, that that's going to be Aelin and shadow represents Asriel or like the night court in general, because it kind of doesn't make sense to me that it would be Aelin and Asriel. Like, why would it be the protagonist crossover? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so I feel like a lot of people are kind of like, in my humble opinion, I feel like a lot of people are grasping at straws when it comes to Throne of Glass characters being in the next book. I don't think I maybe at the end, like what happened with this book. Yeah, I think that makes more sense to like build it out slowly because if you throw in all the universes in one book in the next book, that's going to be outrageous. But I did see there's like a fucking there's Sarah J. Mass like posted to her Instagram her typing on her computer. House oh my of... god, I saw that. <laughs> People's beef with how slow she was typing was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> They're like, no wonder we're not getting the next Agatar book. But the other thing is that people zoomed in and like adjusted the whatever so that it like it wasn't blurry when you zoomed in. Guess how many pages it is? How many? It's like 900 pages. So if it's not good... And I'm, like, annoyed at myself that I will be purchasing the book when it comes out. Like, I can't help myself. And I hated this book. (laughs) 
But like the other thing too is like, what if this book isn't even a part of the crossover? What if the crossover is going to be the next Akatar book that we don't get? And what if this book that we're getting is going to be back in Crescent City Land? Yeah, that's the thing. Cause like since she's coming to them for help in Crescent City, like she wants help for Crescent City. There's no way I think it's going to take place in Prithian because everything's all fine and lovely there. Unless, you know, Reese becomes High King and takes over the world. <laughs> I, uh, the grip that the, that the High Lord of the Night Court has on me is yeah. so, like, unreasonable. Because of the world was well built. He had yeah. some great character development. Yeah, see, when you and I were texting and you had finished the book and you were like, I like will be buying the next book, I thought you meant that the ending had like forgiven the book for no. you. So I'm happy that that's not the truth and that we're on the same page about that. No, my I... mind just forgot everything that happened <laughs> once I read the last paragraph. <laughs> <sighs> Alrighty. Very negative <laughs> book review. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah J. Mass, we still love you. I don't think she's listening anymore if she ever came across this. No, I really hope uh, she did not. Um, but, but like, we do still, I like, I love Sarah J. Mass. Like, obviously, we're still going to continue this crippling addiction. Um, I just didn't like, I just, I'm not a Crescent City girl. I'm not a Crescent City girl. So much so that we decided to read a non-fantasy book next. No, we gotta do favorite character, favorite quote. I for sure don't have a favorite character. I mean, for a favorite quote. Um, I was not reading. Like, I was not enjoying reading. <laughs> so I did not. I have, I have two favorite quotes, which is low for me. Uh, favorite character? Rice hand. <laughs> you know what? Let me go to the last chapter and I'll find my favorite quote. My favorite quote is... Um... I will say honorable mention to Rune because I feel like he was the most interesting character. However, as always, even in two pages, Rysand takes the cake. You know what? Probably my favorite line is, Hello, Bryce Quinlan. <laughs> my name is Rysand. <laughs> I did put that one as well. Because, uh, absolutely. Yep. Do you want to hear my other two that are like loosely like <laughs> not related to Akatar? Okay. One. Also, these two I was kind of grasping at straws. But one, death is the only victor in war. Thought it was kind of deep, kind of cool, kind of ominous. And then the other one was Bryce. <laughs> and she says, I don't know how much more of this surprise Danica has a big secret stuff I can take because I was like yeah me either 
beautiful. <sighs> it's awful. Anyways. Oh, oh my god. Closing the book. Putting it down. Oh, that feels good. Never thought I would say that about a Sarah J. Mass book. Usually I feel like very empty after reading her books. Yeah, that was not. I was empty reading this book. <laughs> like, yeah, to the was... point where I don't even want to pick a Bacatar right now. Like yeah. I need a break. So much so that we decided to do non-fantasy for our next book. Shocker. Um, we're reading The Last to Vanish by Megan Miranda. This is Katrina's pick. It was on my bookshelf because I have a problem. I have just... I accumulate books and then I don't have enough time to read them. And then I get new books and I read books. And then there's too many books in my room that I haven't read yet. So we're trying to go through some of those. What is this book about? Uh, I actually don't know. You could read the back. <laughs> no, I cannot. Okay. It's like praise. Oh, is there like an inside cover? Okay. <laughs> Ten years ago, Abigail fell into a job she loves, managing the Passage Inn, a cozy resort nestled in the mountains of North Carolina in a town called Cutter's Pass. Uh, tourists are drawn to the town for its outdoor offerings and the proximity to the Appalachian Trail, but also for its notorious history as the last known location for six different visitors who vanished without a trace over the past three decades. Ooh. Uh, it's kind of longer, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but that's the vibe. Nice. That sounds like I'm going to like it. No fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> no half-human beings. No world-building. <laughs> no hooves. No ball slapping. Oh, you know what? You can't guarantee that. I don't. I don't know what's in this book. <laughs> uh, uh, well, well, we did it. We did read that. We did read it, and we will read again. <laughs> Not that book, but future books, different books. Not this book. Well, if you want to follow us on social media, our Instagram and Twitter is bookbevies, and our Gmail for longer email inquiries is bookbevies at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, Thanks for, listening. for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>